Welcome to this week's episode of Hoggle Weekly, where we are presenting our newest show, Missed It By That Much. Man, we had another name we were floating with, and I'm like, but it's Missed It By That Much. We've confirmed it. We're going to stay with that one. We will be going back to Hollow Weekly next week. Yes. But we are just so excited. In fact, if you were in our live stream a couple weeks ago, you were there for the birth of like this Yeah, it sort of idea. happened in real time. It was really yeah. exciting. The community what, was super supportive. What is Missed It By That Much? We are looking at the. We are comparing the highest lows to the lowest highs in movies. Yeah, so we're gonna be on the hunt for the worst thing that happened in a great film and the best thing that happened in an absolutely terrible film. And I really want to, by the end of this journey, kind of crown a winner. That's I think picturing it as like the community votes on it and then we decide what what was the single worst scene to ever be in a in a flat out masterpiece and what was the greatest sequence ever to appear in a stone cold shit fest <laughs> bomb <laughs> exactly. but we got two movies this week well wait so if we i, I think we want to give a little background of why we're doing this and i want to credit this one more my purse first just so there the inspiration from this came from an article in vulture and the headline of the article was this one line from the social network plays on a loop in my head it's by hunter harris i highly recommend it it's a great article and she was talking about how there's this line in social network which is legendary for its dialogue just like it's aaron sorkin the dialogue is you know sparkling and and witty it's like modern noel coward and and you know the the lines are so fluid and articulate and she's like every time i watch this movie there's this they get to this scene and the winklevi one of the winklevi i don't know which one um turns and says let's gut the friggin nerd and she's like it's the worst line ever what's it doing in this movie and that's kind of like why we're doing this we're like that was so fun because what was cool about it was I got to reappreciate Social Network from an article that was ostensibly bashing right. it, but wasn't really bashing it. And that's kind of the spirit in which we're launching this. So we're going to go on this journey. We hope you go with us. We're going to have a blast. And we need your votes. So we need to decide you don't want the wrong thing to win. So you know, stick with us. We need, we like winners. We do like winners. <laughs> and, winners. And apparently losers, because that's what's going to happen here. Um, and this week, so we have... Um, kind of an isolated vibe. Yeah, well, I mean, fitting. We were record- As we're sitting and recording this, we're still... We're in, like, month 321 of lockdown in California um, from COVID. And this these are two isolation movies, and, and the scenes in particular... Um, are going to be interesting. I think one of the movies will come as a surprise, especially to Halloween listeners, but the other one won't because it's The Shining. Yeah. That's, 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 <laughs> you heard of that one? <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> you seen this one? Yeah, totally. Uh, the other but tell movie, them about the other. The other movie um, is a great masterpiece. Maybe. I mean, it's not. I mean, it wouldn't be not, on this podcast if it was a great not, movie. It's not horrible, but, <laughs> no, it's not. but it's not. It's better than people think it is. It's better than people think it is. Maybe. <laughs> Passengers. Passengers, yes. 
Chris Pratt, Jennifer Lawrence. Yes, indeed. That would, <laughs> yes, indeed. That would. What, do you have like immediate things you want to jump into about these two movies and compare them, or do you want to give a little reason about why Passengers is even involved here? What, uh, what do you got? Well, our our string connecting these two are mm-hmm. bar scenes. Yes, those are the two scenes we cho- chose. Were the bartender scenes in The Shining. And, and the bartenders and passengers, passengers is very very influenced by the shining. I even think there's like shining carpet in the background. There is even even like even I was I was watching both of them today. They both have like the same color palette of like reds, yellows, and green. Like totally like that darker like uh, cigar room. Absolutely, and let's be honest, they're both completely vacant bars with only two people in them. Well, maybe <laughs> right. I understand. Maybe but like two, two <laughs> figures. I'll say this though. I'm gonna jump in. Yes. Uh, the because there's 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 like two bar scenes in The Shining. One was just mm-hmm. him and, and Lloyd, and then the ballroom scene. There's like I think two or three in Passengers mm-hmm. as he's getting uh, more isolated, debating whether or not he's going to wake her up on this yep. journey. Uh, but the bar scenes in Passenger are shorter. I did a time comparison; they're almost the same when you add them all total? together. Yep. Total. I think the one I saw was uh, I watched a highlight reel of all of <laughs> Martin Sheen's. Uh, no, uh, uh, Michael Sheen. Michael yeah, Sheen. Michael, yeah, Sheen, exactly. Michael Martin Sheen. Is, Martin Sheen from another Stephen King classic, Dead Zone, uh, <laughs> and the President. No, um, don't forget. Jennifer Lawrence. Her scene when he spills the beans. Her acting on that though, <laughs> that still hold up. Like that. That's why it is the best scene in a movie that's like not that great. Yes. But her realizing that he gave her a death sentence. Yep. That still hold up. Like because I, I only watched that movie once. Like when it came on VOD, you know, whenever it came out, totally. But like that scene, like the look of her, like she runs circles around Chris Pratt acting, like in that movie. Holy Indeed. shit! Like yeah. she's just a fun, like phenomenal actress. Michael Sheen runs circles, lit- well, groove circles, literally <laughs> acting wise around Chris Pratt. And this is not—I'm not bashing Chris Pratt. I no, actually I lo- like him a lot, but it's it's Parks and Rex is great. Yeah, it's just—I mean, what was happening here? And I, I'm glad you pointed out with with J Law because she really does a great job in this. Dude, she's really good. And you know what's funny is like I I never I never saw Joy, uh, mm-hmm. the the mop film, but I've seen some other stuff. Mm-hmm. But like I always forget, like she's a really fucking good. Yeah, actress. she's incredibly legit. She's in one of the most execrable movies to ever come out of Hollywood called Red Sparrow. And even as much as I hate that film, and I hate it with a passion, she's amazing in it. Like she's just really good. Yeah. So we're comparing that to the Shining, which whole. So watch, watch it. Watch. You said some surprises. You said I, you had. I some do. Shit. I'm gonna, I'm gonna go down one small rabbit hole real quick, and then you can pull me back, and then we can start going um, over some other stuff. But so one of the things that like I really identified down on and really struck me to be first of all. Every, I, it's impossible. You know how there's this joke about um, Donald Trump's Twitter where there's like, there's always a tweet. No matter yeah, what he yeah, says, yeah, there's yeah, always yeah. a, like, it's, every time I watch a uh, Kubrick film, there's always a something I haven't caught. It's so weird that he can still do that. I want to know what you caught because I caught something too. It's but like, and it's not even in a, it's not even in the bartender scene. So it's okay. a little bit of a cheat because it came right after it. But let me just explain why I'm saying it. So, so the 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 bartender scene ends um, with there's a a cut to um, Scatman Brothers like in his uh, hotel room watching TV and he's about to have this freak out um, where Danny is um, where Jack is in room two thirty seven right. and um, 
it comes over and there's this news report and it's playing in his hotel room and the news report is saying blizzard all over Colorado, shutting down the roads, you know, like whatever. And the news um, uh, understands that um, at least three people have been killed. There's three people in the overlook. I got to chill when he said it because it's other three people. It's clearly not them. But Mm -hmm. just the fact that he Kubrick's smart enough to put in the detail where the number matches the people who were about to be murdered in the overlook is freaking me out. Like, I mean, how how can you think that far ahead of what you're doing? It's absolutely amazing. But the thing that's interesting was here's the rabbit hole I went down to. I, I, I was thinking about how when you're in isolation, there are ways to hallucinate, and I'm not arguing that with The Shining necessarily yet, but let's say that, that it's in Jack's mind. Let's say that, because it's, it's noticeable when he walks into the bar and the first time, the bar is empty, there's a mirror, he's sitting right across from a mirror. So he's looking right at himself, mm-hmm. and he puts his head down, and he rubs his face, and he goes, I'd give anything for, a dr- I'd sell my soul for a goddamn beer. And he looks up, and he's looking at us. I mean, he's looking direct in the camera, not, and, and, but he's clearly looking at a mirror. And clearly Lloyd is not there. And but so that means he's talking to himself in a mirror, right? So there's a way to hallucinate in isolation where you or or not if you're not even hallucinating, there's a way to um, manifest a relationship with something in isolation that's helpful. It helps you survive. I'm thinking of the Steven Seagull in the shallows. Or Wilson <laughs> in Castaway, right? right? So, like in these cases, you call him Steven Seagal. Well, that's what <laughs> I that, love. That that's what um, that's what uh, Blake Lively named him, and they rewrote it in the script because they liked it. So oh, much. that's hilarious! His name was Sully, and she called him Steven Seagal, and they added it to the movie <laughs> cause, because she did it. I actually went so I went so far down a rabbit hole. I watched deleted scenes from The Shallows that they should have left in. What the hell? Where she was improvising with Steven Seagal doing pigeon impressions and trying to oh, entertain. That's hilarious! Him. It's the best part. Part of the, like why it's not in there, I don't even know. <laughs> but the point is, there's a way to manifest a relationship that adds to your survival. I would argue that Tom Hanks venting to Wilson helps him center himself, kind of figure out survival strategies, go a little less crazy because he's he's being able to talk out loud and 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 sort of like it's not a sign of him degenerating. It's a, it's a sign of of mental health of realizing you have to vent that pressure you can't just not talk for 20 years or whatever you're gonna right, be right. right you gotta get that out and with blake lively you know she is under such stress being on this little rock being surrounded by a 1200 ton you know shark with opposable thumbs and the ability to drive cars because this thing is and we, eat metal <laughs> and eat metal yeah. because it pulls off amazing you know feats that sharks can't do in this movie so she kind of like has this like humor thing that makes her feel like, you know, I can make it, you know, I, I'm, I'm, I'm not going crazy. The passenger and shining scenes are the opposite of that. Jack is degenerating. His hallucination of Lloyd is making things worse, not better. And Chris Pratt's character is talking himself into doing something that's palpably wrong, mm-hmm. which is awaken, wake up Jessica Lawrence. And when she's talking to, what's his name? Michael Sheen's character, Alfred or something. Oh, I wrote it down. Um, um, when she's talking to him, um, it's it, when she's talking to him, it's, um, it's, I think his name's Alfred. And when she's talking Arthur. to Arthur, yeah, it makes sense. When she's talking to him, when, sorry, when Chris Pratt is talking to him, he is saying things like, you know, I, I'm really lonely. I, I might need to have, I, I, what if, what if I woke her up 
And he and Michael Sheen's like, well, you you know, you seem pretty lonely. That sounds like a fine idea. <laughs> you know? mm-hmm. Like he's not making things better either, right? So there's well, two ways to do it. You're right. He's, he's neutral because then Chris Pratt, he goes, well, then should be stuck here. And he goes, well, you can't do that. <laughs> right. Well, the thing is, is that, and it's interesting, and I don't want to jump ahead, but what's interesting about the structure of that relationship is Chris Pratt is subconsciously using the fact that um, Arthur can't land on a final judgment. Right. Every time he asks him something, he says, so their, their relationship starts with him going, you know, what are you doing here? We woke up. You know what? We woke up. We're in trouble, and and he doesn't understand why Arthur's not freaking out because he doesn't know he's a robot yet or android. And um, then he sees he's only half. He's got you know his body is whatever, and he goes, um, you know, well, I I woke up. The pod malfunctioned or something, and and Arthur's like, I can't. Those pods are failsafe. That can't happen. And he's like, Well, who are you talking to right now? I'm sitting right here, right? So like, and we're ninety years away from the destination. And he's like. That's not possible. <laughs> his, head, his head like this is like glitches, switches. right? Yeah, yeah, yeah totally. Yeah, yeah. But he can't land on as soon as you present him a new fact, he has to move to a new judgment. He can't. He's not like us where no matter how much you try to convince me, I will always feel like Jaws 2 is good. <laughs> like, right. Right. Like you can tell me it's bad all you want, but but he can't do that. If you're like Jaws 2 is palpably bad, it's it's this percent on Rotten Tomatoes. He, he Arthur would be like, you're right. <laughs> you're like he would he would give right because he's designed to. His only place he ever takes a stand, which is interesting, is when Chris Pratt bombs him with a whole bunch of questions that are really gut wrenching and emotional at, at you know towards when he's considering waking her up, and he goes, "These are not robot questions," <laughs> which is my favorite line. <laughs> These are not ro- <laughs> these are not robot <laughs> questions, Chris Pratt. <laughs> So, so it, the point is, there's two different ways to do isolation relationships. One is way that helps you stay sane, vent the craziness from going alone, and figure out by talking out loud survival strategies. And the other one is something malevolent or malicious where right. you're talking yourself into doing bad things, and the thing you're hallucinating is helping you self-destruct, <laughs> right? Right. Does that make sense? Mm-mm. No, that totally makes sense. Like, they're... they're- Polar opposite of each other. Exactly. I mean, exactly. They, exactly. They, they still kind of end with. The, <laughs> they do, and I mean, there's there's caveats here, which is it's very very possible that Lloyd is a supernatural force, and actually, well, you know what's funny? As I know, the, so you're talking about noticing new things every time you watch The Shining, yes. and the only thing that like I that stuck out to me this time, where like I was like, mm-hmm. oh, I didn't think about that last time I watched it, is when he asks for uh, for a drink, and he rubs his eyes, and he his eyes look up. The way he's looking when his eyes, it looks like he's seeing a ghost. And I was like, oh, wait, is that leaning into the right. to the Lloyd thing? Right. Um, yeah, he that, looks spooked. And it's weird because there's absolutely zero explanation of why he knows Lloyd's name. Fucking right. Fucking right. <laughs> there's no everyone's, explanation. Everyone's Lloyd. He just looks up and goes, hi, Lloyd. And then later in his, in his talk with him, he goes... I told I always told him you were the best of them. You're the best bartender from the Rockies to the coast to the this to mm-hmm. that, and and it's like they have a relationship, but they don't. And you're bringing me some Doctor Sleep content. I have a feeling, and that's going to be interesting because the bartender and that is played by a different person yet, right? Elliot from ET, <laughs> right? Elliot. But but as Jack Torrance, as Jack Torrance, not Lloyd. Yeah, that seems. So weird. is Lloyd a placeholder that the Overlook fills? with captured ghosts when it needs to use them or is Lloyd a bartender that Jack Nicholson's character knew 
and that he's hallucinating is there. Let's dive into this. This is this yes. is the meat and potatoes okay. of the Let's the, do it. The, the show. Yes. Why one, do you think both scenes work? And do you think one work which one do you think works better than the other? Uh, I've been talking a lot. You go, I'll think about this. What do you okay. Think? So like I had some thoughts because rewatching the passenger scene, I expected the shine just to crush it. Overall, it's not that bad. Like it's actually pretty good. Um Martin Sheen or Michael Sheen, whichever one. <laughs> I'm just gonna digitally I'm gonna deep fake a Just do Arthur. Just I'll do Arthur. Arthur. Just do Arthur. 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 <laughs> Arthur. Arthur. Uh no, so I was I was rewatching them and really there's only one cut in the passengers bar scene that mm-hmm. I think is a real road bump in kind really? of like messy it? Eddie. So it's it's when Chris Pratt is sitting down at the end of the bar and they're trying to show how much of an android Arthur is mm-hmm. by him zooming around. Mm-hmm. And it does this camera movement where he like zooms past this way and the camera like kind of goes like that. But you you could see like they sped up the actual footage here. And yep. and then, I caught the same thing. Yeah, and then and then it does like a hard cut to like a medium shot of Arthur. And it's so weird that you identified that because I was evaluating those scenes, rewatching them yesterday, and when I saw that the exact moment you're talking about, and I think it happens a couple times, but the one you're talking about, I remember thinking to myself, ah, I'm watching a movie. Yeah, it made yeah. me feel like I'm watching a movie. It reminded me of that me feeling out. you get mm-hmm. of when you accidentally walk into the wrong movie theater screening and the movie's halfway playing, and you're like, "What the fuck are they watching?" Like, <laughs> right, that, like right. they're clearly watching a movie. Right. Like, I got that, yep. <laughs> which is a weird feeling. I totally agree. Um, but that was really the only weird thing. Now, I do think if you have to compare the acting, um, uh, one is Jack Nicholson being, like, the best Jack Nicholson ever. Oh, there's no comparison. I Actually, Chris Pratt, considering everyone, I'm including Lloyd, I'm including Jack Nicholson, yep. I'm including Arthur. Yep. Because I still can't remember yep. which machine <laughs> it is. And Jennifer <laughs> Lawrence. Um, I think Jennifer Lawrence acting when during the big reveal, I think, matches, like, power levels to The Shining. In terms of gut wrenching, I, I yeah, I think it's definitely as emotional because I mean Stanley Kubrick was never legendary for emotions to begin with. So if you're yeah. going to catch Stanley Kubrick on something, emotions where you're going to get them, right? So like that, I think that part makes sense. I think people underrate the the bartender actor's um, acting in The Shining. He does a lot with a little. <laughs> Dude, he's like, like he's, he's like scary spicy mustard. Yeah. Just like a little thin layer gives enough that gives you that kick. <laughs> totally. That's what he is. <laughs> totally. I mean, because he's not doing a lot of facial expressions and he's not doing a lot of movements and he doesn't even get a lot of lines. But I'll be damned if that guy is not unbelievably memorable. I saw that movie one time as a kid and I could replay that scene like it was like like I was watching it, you know, in my head. You know, he even one had time this, seeing like, it. He even had this look to him where it was like, I don't know if I trust that guy. <laughs> totally, I don't know if I, I don't know. Because totally. if you, the weird thing is when you're watching the scene, if no one goes into The Shining fresh anymore, obviously, mm-hmm. except for, you know, you know, if you're super young, but like, but it's, I mean, it, it, when you're watching The Shining scene for the first time, if you go in not knowing what's happening, mm-hmm. my impression was, that what was scary in that scene was what came before and after that you realize Jack's falling apart and kind of the music and whatever. Right. But I kind of felt like Lloyd was on Jack's side and was pretty friendly as friendly goes because, and I want to get to this because there's a bartender lingo and jargon that they use that I want to talk about for some, but, but I, I came across as he was basically 
friendly in my kid brain, you know, when I saw mm-hmm. The Shining when I was 12 or whatever, he didn't come across as as even in the top 20 menacing people in The Shining, right? I would have listed a whole bunch of other people. The bear guy, costume guy, is more menacing than Lloyd um, to, to my kid brain. But when I Googled it, every still photograph that comes up of him is scary as shit. Yeah. He's got a glare to him, but it's not coming across... When he's it, when he's talking, but when you freeze him, he looks like someone from a Hammer film. Yes, it's intense. It's like he's doing that no blinking Silence of the Lambs. Anthony, I Hawkins wrote down. Thing. I wrote down that his dialogue delivery is robotic. <laughs> Connecting that shit. That's right. The fuck up. <laughs> Linkage. <laughs> Linkage. I'm all. Uh, all I'm all the, about the webs, no. brother. <laughs> All of them, yeah. Okay, so that's true for sure. What else you got? Um, I, I, I do, I do want to wrap up the main show because we want to. We're trying to go for twenty minute episodes, but but I we got this one's gonna be a little longer because we got to dive in a little bit to yes. Doctor Sleep. Um, I think I think there was. I, I if I had to pick which scene worked better, obviously this is Shining, but I do think that Passengers. Is a lot better. I think it, that movie's going to age better over the years. I I'm think you, I th- I think that's wrong. But I'm, I'm like, <laughs> I, and it's weird because I sort of baited you into Passengers because I think it's better than people think it is. But I rewatched more of it that the last problem? night than the bartender stuff. And holy hell, they took a great idea. Oh, see, the problem is there are good, really good scenes in it, and it's an inherently interesting idea. Why it works? I have yeah. my, I have my answer. Da da da. Go for it. Because that, well, what we want to talk about is we're not really judging one scene against the other. What we want to do is it's almost, I don't know how you want to do it. Like, rate, we didn't even talk about it in advance. If you want to number rate it or letter grade rate it or however you want to rate it, but, or, or like whatever rating in your head. Letter grades would be fine. But, we don't do those. Yeah, I'm totally fine with it. But basically, you would want to be like, you'd want to be like, what's the grade of the movie and what's the grade of the scene okay. in the movie? So right? let's do that. So, or well, let me bring up the one thing that. Mm-hmm why one worked better for me mm-hmm. over the other is the spaceship is really fucking boring in passengers. Totally. Whereas the overlook is a character itself. Absolutely. The spaceship just has no flavor. Absolutely. Like it has like the tech stuff where it's like playing basketball and like, you know, dance dance revolution, but uh, and it's not like the ship from alien. Terrible. It's not like event horizon. Yep. None of that. It's not like anything from star Trek or anything like that. Nope. Like it just has no flavor. And I think that's why I think spaceships should leak. Apparently, they need all the leak some water. It gives steam. them character. Yeah, some blip, blip, blip. Your spaceship's got to break, and then we'll love it. Yeah, so it's just, so it's just <laughs> the, <laughs> the it only now. thing I remember about the entire spaceship is where they eat because I liked when the fact that he had the crappy food card and he was eating Lunchables the whole time, and she had the gold card where she was getting like caviar and whatnot. And I, so I remember that, but I don't remember because the character of the thing. I just liked the scene, and then I remember when everything gravity flips. That was cool. Oh yeah, like the pool and all that. Yeah. But I think I think the shining overall, the fact that the overlook is yeah, and you even get that with with Doctor Sleep absolutely. And I like I like that Jack Nicholson, true to Stanley Kubrick's obsessive detail, has quarantine hair because <laughs> he's been in the overlook sure three does. months. And if you picture him in your head in the bar scene, he's got my hair right now. <laughs> and you know what's you know what's funny is is the bar scene for passengers is I mean you can see influence from the shining totally in there. Um, but it doesn't copy it like it copies it aesthetically, but like it doesn't try to like copy it like from its soul. So like the the shining is like it has such a slow two mile an hour pace during there. Like like once him and Lloyd start talking, 
there's not a lot of cutting back and forth. There's not like there's hardly. You're right. I think there's probably like maybe eight shots total in there, total in there. And then when it cuts to Jack, um, just talking and talking and talking at the end, it there's I think there's two shots of him. Yeah, and in the second Lloyd scene, it's really brief. I mean, there's barely. It's like your money's no good here. And then he gets up. I can't, I can't believe how unbelievably good Kubrick's sound design is for the clinking ice. I kept noticing the ice cubes clinking in that glass, and it was just unbelievable. You Dude. should edit that sound. Oh, it's over. And then, but then, then it leads to the most mind-boggling visual in all of The Shining that you, you don't catch on the first pass, which is he pulls away from the bar. It's he's about to bump into Grady. And then go to the famous bathroom scene. Mm -hmm. And then as Jack Nicholson's walking, that girl with the weird bloody handprint on her dress walks by him. He swerves to miss her and hits Grady. That It's like the hotel steering him into run into Grady mm. because the, the creepy woman with the gr glorious jazz age dress, go check out the scene because she's got this bloody handprint on her back and it's, it's, I've seen super videos, creepy, yeah. right? So like, but and that's it. That Lloyd scene, that second Lloyd scene, can't be more than a minute long. I mean, it's a very wow. brief. So it's a pretty brief thing. I just want to talk real quick about the bartender lingo because I find it fascinating. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, Arthur talks about that a little bit. He talks about because the, there's a great moment where Chris Pratt's like, "I'm the only person on this ship. Why are you polishing these glasses?" And he's like, "Ah, trick of the trade. People, customers get nervous if you're just standing or staring at them. So give them something to do." Which is ironic when you put it back to The Shining. Because Lloyd ain't polishing shit. Lloyd is staring directly. He's doing the thing. Arthur would like have a citation for Lloyd. Bad bartending. Right. For like what he's doing over there. Because he's just glaring at him like, you know, doing the thing. So apparently he's not the best bartender from Poughkeepsie to Albuquerque or whatever. But Maybe back uh, in the day, but not in, not in right, whatever you were in. Well, they're doing this really weird, like this bartender, you know, lingo where um, where Arthur is saying things that are cliche like um like um i forget i'll come back to it but the lloyd is saying things like you know women can't live with them can't live without them and jack nicholson's mm -hmm. like wise words my man wise words <laughs> and they're having this relationship and it's dark right it's a mm -hmm. really dark relationship because the thing is that this is the place where jack nicholson is calling is admitting he hurt his son right first he lies about it to the mirror mm -hmm. <laughs> then he admits it because he did hurt Danny. And he's like, it's been fucking three years ago. And like, that's a long time. Dude, it's only been three years since you hurt your kid. Like, that's not long. That's not long. That's like yesterday. <laughs> and then um, he's having this lingo, but he's like that fucking brat. And he calls he calls his wife names and he calls his, his kid names. And you can see that this is that old kind of adage about where your bad side really comes out at bars where you're drinking. Like this is where it's happening to him, except for he's not venting it like Tom Hanks or Blake Lively's right. characters are. He's feeding it. It's getting worse, right? Not better. Right. But he, he's having these lingo conversations where you talk in cliches like women, what, what are you going to do? And right. then over here with Arthur, he's having the, Oh, there's a, a moment where, where where Chris Pratt is legitimately trying to figure out, I'm going to die. I'm going to die on the ship. There's no way out. I'm going to die alone. I'm going to live 70 years by myself alone and die trapped on this ship. It's one of the most horrible fates you can think of in a mainstream, like, you know, kind of soft sci-fi movie. And as he's grappling with this, he's like, what should I do? And Michael Sheen's like, uh, you know, you're trying to control things you can't control live a little <laughs> right but it's what a bartender would say he's right. clearly programmed to say what a bartender would say the only moment in all of 
the passenger bartender interactions with Chris Pratt that even has the hint of menace is when Chris Pratt looks at him and goes, when he's first trying to figure out what's happened and, and how to fix it, he looks at him and goes, wait, how much do you know about this ship? And Michael Sheen, the android, is like, I, I know some things. And it's the only moment where you're like, wait, you know some things. What's going on? What's that mean? But it's not real. I mean, he's really obviously just a subroutine of the ship that's just running on set programming for like how to interact with like whatever and speak in cliches and don't don't answer things that could get you liable or sued or whatever, which is why he's like, All right, should I wake her up when and put her in, you know, Jeopardy, whatever? He's like these aren't robot questions, man, <laughs> which is really cool. But I, I like the jargon cliche. I like how they caught that, yeah. you know, kind of spirit of that. I do think overall, I, I was, I, I finally was able to read my notes. I got to really slow down. I'm like watching the scene, trying to catch up with it. I think, I think like with the overlook, the bartender scene in there, like it knew what it wanted to be and it knew what it wanted to say. Yes. Whereas in passengers, it was just like, also, the bartender works differently in passengers because he's very much he's just moving that plot along. He's like, oh, here's a plot, here's a plot. We're gonna move that there. Oops, I'm gonna spill the beans over here. Are yep. we moving that plot along? Yep. But when the shining does it, Lloyd ain't saying shit. Right. Jack's doing all of that himself. Yep. And I think I think there's just this weird, like I, the shining definitely knew what this was supposed to be, whereas passengers is just. And that makes sense, movie by movie. All right, so so The Shining. I'll just do. I'll get this out of the way right now because cool. The Shining wasn't Passengers was the real choice of this episode. It was good scenes in a bad and basically a bad movie. Right. So, but The Shining. This is a great scene in a great movie. So I mean, just AA. AA. Like the movies. There's AA, no question. The scenes in that's, AA. That's, there are scenes in Shining that I feel like B plus. I could make B plus arguments about, but this is the the bartender scenes are not them. That's bum, a, the A plus bum, bum, A plus A plus like, yeah, for all the way. I think Shining's A plus. I think is one of the most masterful movies I ever. I, I wanted to rewatch it after watching the bartender scene. Like, that's how hypnotizing I have it for is. watch parties for the Hallow Weekly group. If you're not Ooh, in it on Facebook, you should be there. I that's saved good. It. So AA, that's that. Now Passengers. This is interesting. For me, the Passengers. Well, actually, so you, oh, you did AA too. No, right, no, so Passengers, for, yeah. I would I'm gonna, say. Hold on, I'm going to write it down. I'm going to write it down. I think okay, I, know, cool. I, know, I know what you're going to do. <laughs> yeah, gonna okay, that, cool. And then you're going to give that a. Okay, I wrote down the grade. All right, cool. I'm going to give Passengers a C, solid C. And I'm going to give the... And I honestly, my gut wanted to say C-, minus, but I think it's better than, than people think it is. I think it's got more enjoyable, memorable moments than people think it does. I think they just screwed it up by giving it no flavor. And then... So C, average. And then I think the just for the fact that Michael Sheen is amazing mm -hmm. and they picked before the right movie to be influenced by, right? Before I give the grade? Before we recorded, there was a post on Twitter. I was scrolling through Twitter. I said, we undervalue uh, Michael Sheen. I, and that's totally yeah. true. Yeah. I mean, good omens. I mean, just off the top oh. of my head. Just, but anyway, so I would give his scenes a B. So CB. I didn't even do minus or plus on this one. Damn. Mm -mm. I was close. I thought you were gonna dig a little harder at, so I was I went D plus B minus. I, I I could see that easily. Well, how about you? What, are you okay? So there are some memorable scenes. Like I really like the gravity when she's in the pool scene. She's like drowning while floating in the air. Like I thought that was really cool. And she is really good. I do like Chris Pratt. I miss funny Chris Pratt though. We were watching Parks and Recreation. Um, I think I'd give it. I think I'd give it a C. Fair. And then if I gave, I'd give the bartender scene a 
I'd actually give it a B plus. Wow. Okay. Because I really do think Chris Pratt when he's interacting is just okay. It's nothing special. But I really think that reveal when Jennifer Lawrence like just like her the expression like you like the look in her eye is she now knows she's living in her grave. Yep. And that alone was enough for me to be like, yeah, and I and I agree with you, and and you know the thing is like I take B plus pretty seriously, like a B plus. Oh, I yeah, you know a B plus scene to me feels like something that you would find in like a Spielberg movie, right? Like because it's most. Let's be honest, most scenes in most movies are C or lower. So mm-hmm. so you know the reason I didn't go higher is just because I, I didn't feel like even those scenes really well done had a lot of flavor except for the big emotional moment. They just had really good acting and really good interesting. The whole movie is an interesting idea. What I found was after I watched it, I forgot most of what happened in it, but I couldn't stop thinking about what I would do in that situation. So the movie wasn't so bad that it made me not right. so aggravated I couldn't think about it. And the idea is fascinating enough where I kind of got obsessed with it for a minute, right? So I feel like the movie did a good... It stayed out of the way of the idea enough to not kill it. So, see. But the the, th- the thing about these scenes, the reason I didn't give them a little higher was the, what was around it. But I'll tell you, man, Michael Sheen, or Arthur as you know him, his, um, <laughs> his, his details, there were these little acting moments where Chris Pratt would say something like really dark or really disturbing. There's this moment where he goes... Man, the universe has a really sick sense of humor. Like it sets you in a ship to a place you're you're gonna die on the ship, you're never gonna make it, and then you the perfect woman's on the ship, but you can't you can't even talk to her or wake her up or whatever. Like what a what a fucked up world this is. And you see Michael Sheen's optimistic robot brain calculate what to say, find no example of what to say to that, <laughs> and just get the tiniest little like don't say stuff like that, like expression <laughs> on its face, right? Like, like just the just by like a slightest move of an eyebrow or something amazing. He's so good. Mm-mm. Yeah, I think I graded right. <laughs> so I'll just, I think you're right. I'll, I'll, just, I'll just sit with there. <laughs> well, we're excited that you're on this journey with us. I, we got a lot of interesting pairings coming up yeah, in the do. future. We're taking suggestions for pairings. So if you know of, we're we're. We're workshopping this on the Hello Weekly Network, and then it'll be a standalone podcast and video, you know, entity um, when when we release it uh, from Hello Weekly. But for the time being, it's there. So if you message us on the Hello Weekly Facebook page or in the group, um, we'd be happy to take suggestions. If you know off the top of your head of an amazing scene that lives inside a bad movie, or a terrible scene or line or performance that sits inside a masterpiece movie let us know your suggestions we're happy to take them up and we have one idea that we're toying with right now which is the best scene in the dark knight versus the worst sorry the worst scene in the dark knight versus the best scene in batman forever and i just can't wait for that like that saying it out loud sounds so insane do, right like that, but like that, that's an example of yes. the kind of like crazy bullshit like we want to <laughs> totally, tackle totally. And, and compare so totally Give us a review. We love you forever and ever. And until next time, stay scary. Watch a bunch of horror movies. We'll talk to you guys next time. Bye, guys.